Welcome to the Hope Talks podcast with Grayson Willis and Pastor Margaret Michael, where you'll hear inspiring stories that are filled with hope and good news in Jesus Christ. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and TuneIn. You can also listen to episodes on our church YouTube channel. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. And I'm Pastor Margaret Michael. And uh, thanks for tuning in today. And today we're joined by Penny Wilhelm. Penny, how are you doing today? I'm fine, thank you. It is so good to have you with us today, Penny. We've been talking a lot lately and um, just so grateful um, just to see what God's doing in your life and how he's using you to minister uh, to people that are broken. And you're no stranger to some brokenness. None of us are, right? (laughs) No, none of us Um, are. But thank you for being here today and just being willing to lean in and and share a little bit about yourself, but also just about what God's doing in your life now, today. You know, we all have a testimony, and it should always be up to date. Um, Testimony is not what, yeah, it is what you've done over our life, but we should always be um, able to update it. Um, that's what we tell our Celebrate Recovery leaders, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, if you're sharing testimony, you probably have updates if you haven't shared in six months or three months, mm-hmm. uh, because God's always working on us to make us more like Him. So thank you for being here today. And yeah, just start out. Tell us a little bit about Penny. Well, um, I moved to the Valley about 11 years ago, really broken, really raw, and um I really didn't know anybody in this area. But before I moved here, I went looking for churches. And people just kept on popping up here and there, like, you should go to divorce care. And so I traveled to Stanton and went to divorce care. And I met a lady, uh, Jane Thompson, who used to come to this church. um, And she's since moved out of the area. And she was going to divorce care. And, well, I discovered one thing I do. I usually have to do something at least twice. Because the first time I fight with it, mm-hmm. like I fight with all the new concepts, like, no, 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 I, this just doesn't apply. And sometimes I just cry through it. Well, Jane said at the end, she goes, well, my church is uh, doing um, divorce care. Why don't you come there? And I said, what church is that? And it was Harrisonburg Church of the Nazarene. And I'm like, oh, that big church? No, 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 no. That's too big for me. I'm not going there. But I, she said, just try it. So I came one Sunday and I knew instantly that this was my home. It happened. I definitely felt like a fish out of water. I was from New England. Things were a lot different. I had to learn um, a different way. Um, And the one thing that stuck out to me was that no matter how raw I was, it was asking me how I was doing was a loaded question then. You didn't know if I was going to start crying. You didn't know if I was going to have a a rant about something. Um, But everybody loved me. My life group, which that was, the I think you were signing up for life groups. It was like a January end. I signed up for Liz Gillenwater's life group. And no matter what happened, everybody still loved me. I never was looked at funny. Everybody just loved me despite what I was going through. And they were so encouraging. So I knew I was home. And the opportunities that just kind of popped up with different ways and different places that I needed to do healing, God just popped them up. And he gave me a friend in Jane to walk along those times. And she was always steps ahead of me in what she was going through so I got to watch her go through it and she was way more mature in her faith than I was so to see how she handled it really impacted me and then um you know I'm still chugging along working on this healing thing taking classes twice at least doing because I wasn't codependent I was helping people (laughs) I didn't understand what that meant and most people don't understand what that means but um it took me a while to 
understand where I was doing that. And then it took me a while to make those changes. But during that time, Pastor Kerry was doing these series on Wednesday nights, I think maybe once a month. And uh, he and Pastor Margaret started talking about Celebrate Recovery. And if anybody has any questions, Pastor Margaret said, come up and ask me. (laughs) And I just could not wait to get to Pastor Margaret. And she knew that I would want to be a part of this. But along the way, God opened up doors and opportunities. I was able to be a part of shepherding. I learned so much that we all got stuff. And some of the people that we think have it all together, they have a story too. And they have hurt and pain and brokenness. And I learned a lot about the Bible. Um, I used to visit a dear uh, man, Andy Pennington. And I loved my times visiting him because we would do a devotion together and we would talk about scripture. And it was it just floored me how God spoke to both of us and we were both learning from each other just from God's word and how it was impacting us and how we could apply it to our lives in ways that we didn't know, even though we were in different stages of our lives. So those experiences just were incredible and but doing celebrate recovery and going through the training and meeting all the people i have through the years um and seeing them grow and change and heal i just want other people to experience the healing that only christ can give Mm -hmm. in a healthy way yeah yeah and i believe that the first night when we started out celebrate recovery you were the only one without a job Mm -hmm. you could have got offended that night and walked out right yeah yeah because everybody everybody had a job Everybody had something to do, and I just was like, well, Dad, what do I do? What do I do? And basically it was, you do what you do. You just walk around and you pray. When there's when you can't figure out what's something to do and you're ready to wallow in it, just talk to me. Just pray to me. Ask me what needs to happen. And so I started walking around, and I figured I would just be praying about whoever was in the building who maybe was like, I shouldn't be here. They were experiencing that spiritual warfare that everybody does when they first come to celebrate recovery. Um, I shouldn't be here. Why did I just say that? I should be paying for those people. And there was a change, and it actually happened to be, I didn't even know. I wasn't part of the team that was going to be doing that. And Pastor Margaret, I think you pulled me aside and said, do you have anything that you wanted to do? And I was like, I was just going to walk around and pray. And there was a need, and I just stepped into that role. And I have a really hard time with this, as I call it a Facilitator. Facilitator, because (laughs) when we sit in that circle with people, we ask the Holy Spirit to come into that room and be a part of the conversation and and keep everything um, within the guidelines. And we're just there to to be Jesus to people. We're not there to fix them. We're there to let them talk. The most pressing thing on their heart in that three to five minutes that we're given and to really listen. And I think that's what's transformed my relationships with everybody um but when you get me going on celebrate recovery i just i'm so excited about it i'm so um grateful that god used that to heal me and um he just wants me to let other people know that they can find healing that they did not think was possible yeah yeah there's been a lot of, of folks that have found transformation have found recovery through just this transformative work that the holy spirit does in us um it's nothing that um we are there, as you said, to facilitate a conversation. And, and when we walk in the room as a believer, no matter what room we walk in, whether it's a Celebrate Recovery room or if it's into our kitchen, we are a conduit for the Holy Spirit. If the Spirit lives in us, then we become a, a carrier of His presence, no matter where we're at. And so there's a responsibility as a believer, right? I think one of the things that I see when you see people sitting around is they think they're the only one who's had this pain and this experience in life. And sometimes they've never talked to a soul about it. They've never said it. And 
you can see the fear on their faces, in their eyes. Like you might go to that person and they're like, I passed tonight. And it might be their first night in this big group. And I usually say, that's okay. We'll come back to you. And you get through these other people and you watch them as we're going through this. And and they hear other people's stories and they realize they're not alone. And you come back to them and say, would you like to share? And they open that door ever so slightly. And because the Holy Spirit's in the room, you know, Jesus is there just waiting for them. And I just, we get to be his eyes and his ears and to hear that tender thing. And then I always usually end up telling them, probably going to, at the end, probably going to experience some spiritual warfare. Why did I say that? What did it, when you let that out, you realize you're not alone. And um, Jesus is our hope. And God created us for relationship with him and us for relationship with each other. And the acrostic, we use a lot of acrostics in CR, but this is not from CR. Hope is hearing other people's experiences. And when we hear other people's experiences, we realize we're not alone. We realize other people have been there, and they hurt just as much. And that might explain where they're coming from with their behaviors and reactions. He also gave us free will, and we have that free will to change and grow and accept the healing that he has and learn to do things in a different way. I love that acrostic, uh, hearing other people's experiences, because, you know, we're called Hope Talks, and mm-hmm. that's why we do testimonies. We, we hear do. other people's experiences. Penny, just hearing you talk, um, I was just wondering, you know, you first initially shared about uh, the lady that helped you and kind of um, through divorce care, and then it brought you to this church, and then uh, now helping with Celebrate Recovery, and how did her helping you and lead you has helped you guide and direct others and celebrate recovery now? Well, I think that Jane has just this, um, an amazing way. She had been through something that I had been through that I knew nobody had been through. She was the first person, I'm going to start crying, she was the first person that I could talk to these things without people being shocked. Without, I remember trying to talk to my family about what I was experiencing. And I couldn't because just even getting partway through the look on their faces was just more than I could take. So I hid a lot, and most of us do. But with Jane, I didn't have to hide that because she had experienced it. So I knew that I wasn't the only one. And she listened. She had already learned the important key of listening and not trying to fix me or anything. But sharing, well, you know, I'm going to go to this. You know, which we just did this whole journey of all these various classes. And sometimes we did them together and sometimes we didn't. But we always had something to share with each other about what we learned. Not trying to fix each other, but just walking, you know, along the path together. Yeah. I think that, and I've shared this before, I'm sure. But I think we, you know, we think about sharing something and have fear and anxiety maybe even about sharing because we'll be judged. Mm -hmm. We feel that way. And we have to have a safe place to Mm -hmm. share. We have to have a safe place that we can share these things that are just in our brain and we've never shared them. And in um, 1 Peter, it talks about the devil and his angels being chained to darkness. And when we speak it into the light of another believer, there is this freedom that comes because it takes it out of the grasp of the enemy where he can't hold it against us personally mm-hmm. in our silence, that isolating place where he wants to keep us. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that he tells us that we'll be judged, that no one will understand because he knows that everyone has experiences. 
because we all, there's no family that's grown up with no dysfunction, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's since the beginning of time. And so there's this amazing freedom that comes in the sharing what's happened and allowing ourselves to be ministered to by the Holy Spirit, right? And so that's a beautiful piece of what the church is called to, you know, to be the ears, like you said, to listen. You've recently have another opportunity if you want to share just a little bit about that. Like, what's God doing? Where is he using you? (laughs) Well, about a year ago in January this month, we were talking about Celebrate Recovery going into the local jail um, and ministering to women. It's interesting because we sometimes hear things, but God says, wait, it's not the right time. So you go through all these procedures to get that approval to go in there, a background check, all this stuff, which I'd never done anything like that before. So it was a little nerve-wracking and I'm not sure. But at the same time, I knew that if it was supposed to happen, that God would orchestrate it, and it wasn't mine, it's God's. I'm just there to share his news in any way that he can get people in there to talk to the women in the in the jail. So um, COVID happened again. They closed things down. So I just kind of just floated along, and then I got a phone call or contact from Pastor Terry, and she was approved to go in with her ministry, Hope Restored, to minister to the women. And we just happened to be doing Life's Healing Choices, which is um, was a foundation of CR. And so... Um, we have an opportunity, God's giving us an opportunity to form relationships with women who are already in there, introduce them to a new way of living, a new relationship with someone who's been with them through thick and thin and all these things. There's nothing that he doesn't know about us. And um, we have an opportunity to share that with them and build the relationship so that when they come out, they know that there's a place that will continue this with them, that... um, we have the opportunity to form relationships and bring them in to celebrate recovery. So recently Mm -hmm. you were sharing uh, with them, and you told me a story about the lesson that you all were on. Mm -hmm. Can you briefly share with us um, what that lesson was and just the ahas of, um, I think someone else was doing the lesson, Mm -hmm. and you... Yes, Um, our lesson was lesson four, And it was about doing an inventory, which um, is one of my favorite things to talk about with people. But Sherry was leading the lesson, and she was just doing such a wonderful job of sharing her life experience on how some of these things, like how God, he, he forgives us instantly. That was a big thing. He forgives us instantly, completely, and freely. He, you know, he wants that. He wants that relationship with us. And, um, you know, you, you're watching people and you're seeing them kind of struggle with some things and earlier in the day um words are fun words can be really fun like we all know that there's in our language there's only one word for love right there's only one but in other cultures there's multiple words in the translations of the bible there's different kinds there's agape love there's different kinds of love paleo yes Um, there's all kinds of love well sometimes it's not meant to be and i was really thinking about this this morning before we got in here over time, you know, whatever the language or however people talked, if you read old books, sometimes there's language in it that we just don't understand because we don't talk that way anymore. And while I was sitting there watching these ladies and we're talking about sin, and early on I had um, said, you know, sin is sin. There's no worse sin than the other. God sees it all the same. It's all the same. 
So don't worry that you have a sin that's it's worse than that one. It, we're all he he just sees it all the same, and he forgives it all the same. Um, it's completely. And so I was thinking about all the words that we use, and I think it was Pastor Margaret yesterday had shared with me something about repent and how it really just means to change. But sometimes the way that people have controlled other people with that word, it's not what it means. It doesn't mean change to them. So while um, Sherry was sharing, there became a moment, and I said, I'd like to say something. And I said, just so that you know, we all hear that word repent, and sometimes that means different things. It can be hurtful and whatnot to you. I said, really, all that repent means is just change. change All you have to do, just change. And you don't have to tell anybody about it. You just have to be it. You just have to change. And it's a process. So um, I think that sometimes we need to look at that and watch and just be sensitive to what God put that in front of me early in the day. I didn't know where I was. it was going to come out, but he had a purpose for that. those words coming through my life that day because he needed them to be spoken that evening. It's not me. It's him. Right. Yeah. He wants healing for those women. And for everyone, mm-hmm. right? And I just I wanted to say, like, that comes from Mark 1, like 14 and 15, uh, where the Greek term, I'm just going to read it, because I, just to get this picture, the Greek term for repentance, metanoia, denotes a change of mind, a reorientation, a fundamental transformation of outlook, of man's vision of the world and himself, and a new way of loving God and loving others. That's beautiful. And... That's what happens. That's repentance. And so, yeah, just powerful how God dropped that in my lap. I have not been able to get over it for weeks. I've been studying and looking into what happens when we have that faith to believe, and then we realize that some of our belief system is wrong. The way we've believed mm-hmm. does not line up with the Word of God, right? Mm-hmm. And God transforms our thinking which transforms our actions, which transforms our life. Mm-hmm. And that meta, I think about, that's makes me think of the metamorphosis that we go from that old life. You think of the caterpillar and then turning into a butterfly. Right. And just, mm-hmm. there's just all of this, the visuals of that. Um, this is what God does. He is in the work of transformation. If, if we will lean into the vulnerable places where the enemy tells us absolutely not and now you're with women that are in a place where they can't go anywhere right Right. and they are desperate and to be different when they leave that place and it's just a beautiful picture of when we surrender to god and um, he'll use us in places we never expected or even thought of and Penny, as you were talking, two thoughts that came to my mind. When you're talking about repentance meaning to change, I was thinking of something I've heard my dad say before. Repent means to turn from sin and turn to him. Well, that's a change. That's a change of direction in our lives. And also, we're not solely, I mean, obviously we have to make the decision to change, but then you know, it's the Lord that helps us change. And so another thought that came to my mind was something I heard in a podcast the other day. It was talking about spiritual formation. And the host of the podcast, the, the person she was talking to about spiritual formation, he said spiritual formation is less of, you know, it's a partnership between us and God, but it's not a 50-50 thing. It's less of what we do for ourselves and more of something that's done for us Absolutely. and to us. Yes. 
Yes. God is the one that does the major change in our lives. We can't even forgive anyone unless God does that work. You know, that's transformation is our surrender to his will. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the hard part is believing that God could do something that we can't, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where humility comes in, is realizing that we can't. We think less of ourselves and more about others in humility, and it's a change of mind. Well, when we realize that. We try, as we know in Scripture, uh, the Apostle Paul, the things that he didn't want to do, he did, you know? And that's what it looks like for us without the power of the Holy Spirit. But when we surrender and let God do it in us, uh, that's where the power, that dunamé power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And to be able to share that good news in the jail, giving people, and whether they're behind physical bars or wherever we greet people, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There are all kinds of prisons that we live in, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. And um, just the good news of the gospel has not changed in this world where it seems to be getting darker. Um, the glory of God still shines bright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most people haven't had the opportunity to learn or never bought to church or maybe the denomination that they were in. They did not have... It could be that it was a small church, they didn't have as many programs, there weren't as many opportunities, or they just were completely unchurched. So they don't, I've gone to a lot of different churches, and um, some were more legalistic, but it was the best I could find at the time. Mm -hmm. And it definitely forms your opinion, and the way our world is, and it hasn't changed since forever. Um, We want something that we can physically see with our eyes, touch, and all of that. And it's not that kind of a relationship. And that's probably one of the hardest things for people to yeah. to accept, that he's always there even when the horrible things happen. Mm-hmm. He's always there. He never leaves us. And that's a hard concept for most people to trust. Yeah. And to think about some of the people that you may encounter probably never had the opportunity to go to church. Mm-hmm. Some have. Mm-hmm. Some haven't. Some have only new addiction in their family of origin. Mm -hmm. And, wow, to get this message of the good news of the gospel, Mm -hmm. that's a powerful um, place to be able to minister. And so I'm so grateful that not only you said yes and you didn't walk out the day that Celebrate Recovery started and you didn't have a job, (laughs) (laughs) but that you've stuck in there and you have been a resource to people and you've been a very much a behind-the-scenes, but very much um, a leader that... It's not about necessarily leading up front, but you do it in a in a way that is personal and one-on-one. And you speak into a lot of lives that no one, when you walk in on Sunday morning, no one would know the amount of ministry that you do. Um, but I get to see. I have a little closer um, view of that, and it's been beautiful to watch. And just um, knowing that you're not only leading behind the scenes, but that's beginning to change, too, as you take on more leadership with Celebrate Recovery and um, are really leading and giving us direction in this new year. And so I'm grateful for that and uh, just grateful for the ministry that you do everywhere you go. Um, You don't miss moments, whether it's with your grandchildren at the jail. Like, it's always on your mind, and I see that. Um, Being the aroma of Jesus Christ. um, And so is there anything else that you would like to share with us today? 
just that you know everybody everybody has something and you're not alone um there is a safe place that you can come you can come on monday nights to be a part of celebrate recovery you can hear a new maybe a new way to you to do and handle the hurts and the habits that you have in your life and it has been interesting um over the years to see people come in and say i came in here to help other people mm-hmm. but i got help right. for something i didn't i didn't know i had a problem with and um not to be afraid that mm-hmm. it may seem scary to do these things especially when they hit the thing of inventory i remember having the thought, and I share this with every group I talk to about it, I, when I saw that, I'm like, there's not enough of paper. There's just not enough of paper to do this inventory. And in praying about it, God was like, I'll give you one thing to work on. Mm-hmm. And he gave me things to balance it out with. And how um, when you tell people, and then you're going to get used to doing a daily inventory. And that floors them. And I'm like, no, it's like really a gift. Once you get through mm-hmm. this first one, maybe the second one, then you realize what a gift it is. Because God is giving you and teaching you the opportunity to fix the problem before it festers into some awful wound in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's the gift, you know, to be able to um, walk with people and show them that God really has healing for them. Yeah. And you just might have to slow down for a minute and work through that, but he's not going to leave you. He's going to make sure that you get the healing. And you may step away, and I know this has happened before. People have come for a while, and it's just been too painful. And it's okay. Take the things that you're learning. Maybe you came for a period of CR. Take those things and try to make those work in your life. And then come back because we love you. Mm-hmm. And we want to see you come back. And there's you didn't fail. You didn't do anything like that. You just come and you take the pieces that you need at that time and come back. And God will give you more to work with. Yeah. And I think a beautiful thing, too, if we're talking about inventory. Yeah, mm-hmm. to take the inventory of your life. Can be overwhelming, but the beautiful thing about it is it's not just the bad, but it's the good. Mm-hmm. To write down the things that happened that were good, mm-hmm. you know, the things that sometimes we miss, people that God's placed in our life, experiences. So, yeah, that is a, a big part of it is looking at the whole of our life um, and coming to terms with that. Um, but there are some really good things that I have discovered on that road. And a lot of times, I'm actually thinking, I had talked to you about a situation, and how do I word this? But I thought of some other situations, actually, that we had conversations about. Like, sometimes our perspective of what happened there is not the same as the other person. Isn't that the truth? Oh, that was, like, really a shock. Like, um, they didn't realize what was happening for us or what we perceived that that person was doing. And really, those things didn't match up and so when you learn how to do an inventory when you learn how to listen when you learn how to take responsibility of your part in it oh my goodness breaks the chains for other people it breaks the chains for other people and it opens up maybe some things in relationships that you never thought you'd get back right you know i recently had an experience like that where i made amends to someone um and it was really hard it took me months i wanted the timing to be right because it was kind of intimidating but it was something I knew that God was calling me to do. And I made those amends, and just recently that person um, made amends themselves to someone else. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but think because it was connected. Mm-hmm. It was directly connected to something that I had I had to make right. And then they, too, 
had something that they needed to. It was almost like a, what do you call that? Like a, a domino effect. Yeah, a domino mm-hmm. effect. And, man, we hold on to things when God just wants us to surrender it so that he can make it beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. That's the work he does. Mm-hmm. We can't make our past beautiful, mm-hmm. but God can. Yeah. Yeah. He can restore what the locust have eaten. Yeah. I and love that scripture. That was one of the first things that was um, spoken over me when I started coming here. I think it was Liz Gillenwater did and it just god gave me that hope to just hold on hold on mm-hmm. you can get through this and mm-hmm. um hair top Harmon was doing some art therapy and i had the opportunity to work with her and that was a scripture that god gave me and i made a piece of artwork to commemorate that and i still have that piece of artwork and the biggest thing that people have to realize is that god's not a vending machine he's gonna change you and he's going to change things and it's not going to look the way you think it is he's going to make it look his way and i always have to remind myself when i'm starting to grumble about something is it's going to be better in its own way it's going to be different it's going to be better in its own way and it'll be okay yeah it won't look like what i think it will look like it'll be better i couldn't even have imagined what he wants for me yeah Yeah. Yeah. and he wants for others too yes yes Penny, thank you for sharing with us today, and it it truly has been a blessing and brought hope to me, and I just pray a blessing over you as you minister with Celebrate Recovery and in the jail ministry, and even ministering to your family, your grandkids, and uh, just thank you for joining us on today's broadcast of Hope Talks. It's been great to have you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Hope Talks. We pray that as Penny Wilhelm has shared today, that it truly has been a half hour of hope for your life. May God bless. Hope Talks is sponsored by Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg in partnership with Sunshine Ministries. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Hope Talks. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe for all the updates and latest episodes. Also, if you're in the Harrisonburg or Rockingham County area, we invite you to listen on the radio each Sunday at noon on 1470 AM or 102.1 FM WBTX.